Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. Give her a look at the person sitting next to you and say, you made it. You made it. You made it. You made it. Um, I, want to, I want to let you know on Pure Adventure, if you go to pureadventure.com, the father-son event, uh, on there you can click on upcoming events and you can find Impact Church. And on there you'll be able to register uh, to be a part, register you and your son. And then if you want to volunteer, you also register on there as well. So you can click on volunteer for the event and register yourself to be a volunteer, and we greatly appreciate that in advance. It's going to be an awesome day. I believe it's going to be uh, really a life-changing day for fathers and sons. And so uh, we're excited to be able to host it and be able to uh, invest in our men and our young men because we believe that it's vitally important. And so uh, we have that set aside. So save the day, get registered. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Today we're beginning a brand new series that we're calling Firm Foundation. You've heard us talking about this for the last few weeks leading up to it. And I'm excited again about where God's taking us for the end of the year. Uh, We're going to be in this series and we're going to go through the book of James together after this. And then we're going to be heading into the holiday season. Come on, can you believe that the holiday season is already right around the corner? Uh, I was thinking the other day it was the first day of fall and I think it was 97 degrees. And so... Uh, welcome to Texas, right? Uh, and then there'll probably be a moment all of a sudden where it'll just be, it'll be cold, you know? Um, that's just kind of how it works. But hey, we're, we're going to start this series today, and here's, here's what I want to do in this series. Uh, my goal in this series is to pull out a few uh, foundational principles from God's Word. And so we're going to look at a lot of verses today, a lot of scripture today, and as we go through the series, but I want to pull out some things that I believe uh, are important for us to build our lives on together. Um, as you think about building your life, what are you building your life on? And so that's kind of where we're going in this series, and I want to talk about a few things. We're going to start it today, and there's a couple of passages of Scripture that are going to be our theme verses for this series, and we'll probably look at these every single week because they are so powerful. They are actually the words of Jesus recorded in two separate Gospels, and so the first one is in Matthew. Uh, this is chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. This is what Jesus says. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse With a mighty crash. I love other translations. I read another one where it says, and great will be its collapse. When you're building your you're building your life on anything other than what it's meant to be built on, there will come a time. Listen, there will come a time when it's tested, when you go through trial, when you go through difficulty. There's not anything in the Bible that says if it happens, it all says when it happens. When this happens in your life, what is your foundation? Because what your foundation is will determine how you respond and how you react and whether or not you, in essence, live spiritually through it. Your foundation really does matter. So this this passage that we just read, before we go to the next one, 
We know this is at the end of uh, the most famous sermon ever, which is the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus preached in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And at the very end of it, that's what he says. He says, listen, anybody who hears what I'm teaching and they follow it, that's a wise person. That's a person who has a good foundation. That's a person that when trial and tribulation and difficulty and struggle and loss of a job and a kid walking away from Jesus and all of these things happen, that's the person that has the firm foundation that will still be standing through it all. Then if you look over in Luke chapter 6, this is, this is Luke's account of this. And I love the way that, that Luke wrote this down in this translation that we have in verse 46. He says, Jesus says this, So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? Whew, we could preach for the next 35 minutes on the idea of why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? And I don't think that God is mad at you today. But I do think there are moments whenever, come on, you ever had a moment where you were just like, you were in desperate need of something in your life? And you were crying out to God? And, and then you were reminded of something that God had told you to do three years ago? I think that's a moment where Jesus is saying through his love and compassion, why in this moment are you calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? That's what it means for me to be Lord. Is that you put me in first place and you do what I say. Because it's what's best and most beneficial for your life. He goes on. He says, I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me. Listens to my teaching. And then follows it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep. And lays the foundation on solid rock. When the flood waters rise. There it is again. When, not if. And break against that house that stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. And here's the big idea as we jump in today and for the next few weeks. We're all building something. We're all builders. But here's the question. Are you building wisely? We're all builders, but are you building wisely? And I think there are a couple of questions that really need to be answered uh, just between us and the Lord. And I would encourage you to think about these as you go about your week. Because if we're all builders, here are two questions that need to be answered. What are we building? What do you, when you think about your life, what are you building? Are you building your kingdom or God's kingdom? Are you building the things that, that you want to happen? Are you trying to, to get ahead for you? Are you trying to do all the things that are your hopes and desires? And I do believe that there, that there are a lot of those that God puts in you, but then we get off because we start trying to build our own kingdom instead of building God's kingdom. And so the first question is, what are you building? The second question is, what are you building on? I think there are a lot of us that are trying to be, come on, you might be trying to follow Jesus. You actually have a desire in your heart to live for God. But you're trying to build your life on sand. And there's no firm foundation. And when something happens in your life, come on, we've all experienced this. Something happens in your life and it's devastating. Something happens in your life and it feels like everything inside of you falls apart. 
Something happens in your life and you start to question whether God exists and was your experience even real and I don't even know if I want to go back to church because God doesn't seem to be coming through for me. And that's what Jesus is referring to. He says, listen, if you build your life on sand, then when the water, you know, come on, you ever seen sand? I mean, you can, if you were to go and just pour a bucket of water on sand, it'll just, I mean, you can smooth that sand out all you want. You dump a bucket of water on it, and there's going to be a spot where you can see where that water messed up the foundation. But if you have it built on rock, if you've got it built on solid things, it doesn't matter what comes your way. I'm not turning my back on God. I know where my foundation is. I know who my belief is in. I know where my faith lies. And it's not in sandy things. It's on a firm foundation. And here's the bottom line in this series. is that our foundation matters. Look at this, look at this proverb. This is in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 25. It says, when the storms of life come. Do you notice it again? When the storms of life come. The wicked are whirled away. But the godly have a lasting foundation. The wicked, when the storms of life come, the wicked, those who have placed their trust and built their life on things that are maybe building their own kingdom, they've built their life on their career, they've built their life on, well, what everybody else thinks about me, they've built their life on things that are always shifting around. That when the storms of life come, people without a firm foundation are whirled away. But those who are godly, and we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Those who are God, they have a lasting foundation. Their foundation is firm. And I don't know about you, but I've had times in my life where I have been building on things that really didn't matter. Things that really were not going to sustain anything in my life. And maybe you can relate. And you look back now, and you ever had those moments where you look back now and you're like, Wow, that was, a, that was a sandy foundation. I was putting so much trust and so much emphasis and so much faith in that, and that wasn't even a firm foundation to build my life on. And we've all probably experienced the devastation of a collapse in an area of our lives. Come on, if we were just to think about the overall broad spectrum of things. Come on, you think about your marriage and your finances and your job and and, and your health, and all of these things, and we have all probably experienced some kind of devastation in our lives, and this is why it's so important for us to take the time and do what Jesus said about digging deep to lay a foundation. Lay a foundation, and here's the reason why I wanted to do this series. I think you can kind of sum it all up in this one statement. You cannot build strong disciples on sand, and if you want to be a strong disciple if you want to really follow Jesus, your life can't be built on sand. It can't be built on inconsistency. It's got to be built on a firm foundation so that whatever comes your way, you're still standing because it was built on a firm foundation. So as we go through the series, I want us to pull out just a few principles. We'll talk about the first one today. Uh, these are all coming from Scripture, and these are principles that I believe will help us form a firm foundation in our lives. And so today, the title of the message is this. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. The wisest thing to do. The wisest thing to do. Wouldn't it be important to know what the wisest thing to do is? If you're going to build your life on a firm foundation, wouldn't it be important to know what does the Bible say is the wisest thing for me to do? Well, I want to talk about that today because I think that wisdom as believers, is a key foundational thing that we need to understand, but not just understand, we need to seek it. 
We need to be seeking wisdom. And if you go back to the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus spoke, and we were talking about it a moment ago, you'll find a lot of instances where Jesus says things like this. If you've ever read it, he says things like this. You've heard it said, but I say. You ever read that in your Bible? Jesus is speaking and he says, you've heard it said, but I say. You've heard it said to treat people like this who wrong you. But I say, love your enemies. You've heard it said this way, but I say, do this. You know what I think, in essence, Jesus is doing? He's separating worldly wisdom or our own understanding from godly wisdom. He says, you, you've, heard it, you've heard it said this way. You've been taught this way. You've thought this way about it. But here's what I actually want you to do. You've thought about it one way. Come on, anybody ever thought about it one way and then you prayed about it and you're like, whoa. You open up your Bible and you read something and you're like, oh, I've been operating completely wrong than what God's best is for my life. Like, you've heard it said this way, but I say this. And Jesus does that over and over and over again. And, and he's, I think that he's separating. Listen, don't lean on your own understanding. Don't lean necessarily. I, I, was, I was listening to a, a message series a little while back. And the, the title of it, they titled it uh, kind of uniquely in my, in my mind. And they said this. They made this statement. That many of us look at Jesus as somebody who came to turn the world upside down. But really, Jesus came to turn the world right side up. We were already upside down. If you're not following Jesus, your life is upside down. And said, we've had the wrong perspective for so long that Jesus came to turn the world upside down. And I get what we mean when we say that. Because... Jesus made statements like, well, you've heard it said, but I tell you this. But really, Jesus was saying, no, here's, here's what the kingdom of God looks like. Here's what it looks like to follow me. Here's what it looks like to be my disciple. Here's what it looks like to have a firm foundation that your life is built on. And it's not that it's upside down. It's actually right side up. That this is the way to live our lives. This is the way to operate. So I want to talk to you about godly wisdom today for just a little bit. And I don't know about you, but I think we would probably all be willing to say we need some godly wisdom in our life. I don't think there would be anybody here today that would say, you know what I don't need? I just don't need any godly wisdom. <laughs> you know, just, just got decisions to make and, and things to do and just trying to seek. And you know what I don't need? I just don't need any wisdom from God. I, that's just not what I need. You know, it's just not on my list. We, we would all say, you know what? I, yeah, I could use some godly wisdom. So here's, here's point number one. And this isn't going to highlight everything about the importance of wisdom, but I do want to pull out a few things. Here's point number one. Wisdom has a foundation. Wisdom is an important foundation in our lives, but wisdom itself has a foundation. Look at this. This is in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. It says, fear of the Lord is the what? foundation of wisdom knowledge of the holy one results in good judgment now if you don't read proverbs i would encourage you to read proverbs because proverbs is a wisdom book it is full of godly wisdom there are 31 proverbs some months there are 31 days some there are 30 you can just double up but come on go home today today's the 25th i'm gonna read proverb 25 Tomorrow's the 26th, I'm going to read Proverbs 26. Like, I'm going to, and just repeat it over and over again. What would your life look like if you read godly wisdom every day, all month, 
And then next month, you read it again. And then in November, you read it again. And in December, you read it. You think it wouldn't get in you? I mean, you would start recalling these things and be like, you know what I need to do in this situation? Like, this is, this is where wisdom comes from. This is the foundation of wisdom. This is the decision I need to make in this situation. This is how I need to live my life. And so if fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom, then it begs the question, what does the Bible mean by fear of the Lord? Now, we think about fear a lot of times as if we are fearful of something. And what the Bible is talking about here, and I'll probably mispronounce this word, but it's a Hebrew word for fear, and I believe it's pronounced yurah, and it means reverence. It means reverence. You know what the foundation of wisdom is? Reverence for God in every area of your life. We can even define it a little bit better this way. It's deep respect for someone or something. Let me ask you this question. Do you live your life in deep respect for God? You know what? In this area of my life, I just have deep, everything is led by deep respect for God. This, the, this is the foundation of wisdom. This is the same word used to describe David in 2 Samuel 23. We won't read it for the sake of time, but he's referred to as the one who ruled in the fear of God. In other words, David ruled and he was king, and the way that he operated was that he had reverence and deep respect for God in every decision, in every area of his life. He was led by reverence for God. He was led by, you know what? You know what I need in my life? I need fear of the Lord. Not to be afraid of God in that way, but that there is a respect and there is a reverence for God in my life. Deep respect for God will affect a few things, and I want to go through these pretty quickly, but deep respect for God in your life, it will affect how we make decisions. You ever made a decision in your life and you look back on it maybe five minutes later? You look back on it, you know, three years later, and you made that decision, and you had, you, and you had this moment. I wish I would have. I wish I hadn't. If I could go back and do that over again, I would. Like, when you have a deep reverence and respect for God in every area of your life, it, it affects how we make decisions. Because now our decisions are led by god's wisdom they're led by my respect and my reverence for god in my life deep respect for god will affect the places that we go the places that we do not go um i was thinking about this and maybe you can relate you ever if you think back over your life can you think of a place that you went or a situation that you found yourself in that wasn't led by deep respect for god i mean if we were to be honest today every single person in this room could think back on a time in your life where you thought, whew, yeah, that decision to go there and that situation I found myself in, I found myself in that situation because I, I didn't have deep respect for God. Like, I was not even thinking about God when I made that decision. Much less being led by Him or led by His wisdom. And see, deep respect for God, it affects the things that we do and the situations we find ourselves in, the decisions we make. Here's another one. It, it affects what comes out of our mouths. Come on, if you can't relate to the first two, I know you can relate to this one. But deeper, you ever, you ever said something to somebody or made a statement, and about three seconds after you come out of your mouth, you're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was not led by a deep respect for God. 
Like, if I could go back and say that again, and, and it's like sometimes we say things and we're like, if I could just, you know, like, grab that out of the air and just put that right back in here and pretend like that didn't happen, right? See, deep, when, when you live your life deep, with a deep respect for God and a reverence for God, it affects how you talk to people. I like this one. Many of you can probably relate to this as well. I know I can. It affects the way that we treat people in our lives. See, when, when, if fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom and we need wisdom, then reverence for God in every area of our life is the foundation for wisdom in every area of our life. And so when I think about decisions I've made and places I've gone and situations I've found myself in and how I've treated people in my life, I can look back in situations and think, Man, I was not like I was not operating in a love for people that comes from God. Like I like I was not operating in the fear of the Lord in that area of my life or in that season of my life or in that conversation in my life. And I feel like this is a part of the problems that we face in many areas of our lives. Is that we don't have a reverence for the Lord in our marriage and so we don't have a solid foundation that we're building it on. We don't reverence the Lord in our finances, and so we don't have a solid foundation that we're building it on. Or we don't reverence the Lord in our career, so we don't have a solid foundation we're building it on. And honestly, you could fill in the blank with whatever you want. And just ask yourself the question, in that area of my life, is God first? In that area of my life, am I living, saying, you know what I need to do in every decision I make in this area of my life? I need to have deep respect for God and let everything be led out of that. Because that is the foundation of wisdom. And maybe you've experienced, you know, a marriage falling apart or a financial difficulty or this uphill battle in your career or something else that maybe you would fill in the blank with. And chances are it might have been because of the foundation that you were building on in that area of your life. And if you were to look back on it now, you would say, yeah, I was building on, and in my finances, I was building on sand. There was no, there was no godly firm foundation you know, in my marriage that fell apart however many years ago, like, man, when I look back on it now, I'm like, man, we were building that thing on sand. We were building that thing on sand, and, and, and we, need to, we need to make some adjustments. Wisdom is so important for our lives. It's a firm foundation. It's part of the firm foundation that God wants us to build our lives on. Look at, these, look at some of these other verses. Job 28, 28 says this, and this is what he says to all humanity. The fear of the Lord is true wisdom. To forsake evil is real understanding. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Colossians 3, 16. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with what? All the wisdom that he gives. Not your wisdom, but the wisdom that comes from God. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. The wisdom... Listen, the wisdom that we really need in our lives, it only comes from God. And too many times we're leaning into our own understanding, we're leaning into our own wisdom, and we haven't invited God in. We're not, we're not putting God first in that area of our life and allowing Him to lead the way in that area of our life. Maybe you want to write this down, that giving God first place in your life is a prerequisite for God's wisdom. Your relationship with God only works when it's in first place. If God is an afterthought for you, then life's going to be difficult. And when you face, listen, what the Bible's talking about, when you face trial and the storms come and things happen in your life, not if, but when, what's going to matter 
is the foundation that you've built your life on. And so wouldn't it make sense for us today to start paying attention to the foundation that we're building our lives on and start asking the question, am I building my life on sand? Or am I building my life on the things of God? Because that's what's going to sustain. That's what's going to keep me standing when I face difficulty. Here's point number two. So we know wisdom has a foundation. Wisdom has value. Look at Ecclesiastes 10.10. I love this. Using a dull axe requires great strength. So sharpen the blade. That's the value of wisdom. It helps you succeed. I picture, it, I picture it in my mind like this when I, was, when I was preparing this. That we all have this axe. And some of us in our lives, we're living our lives, and we are swinging away at everything in our lives with an axe that is not sharpened. And did you, did you see what it says? It says that to, to have a dull axe, it requires great strength. I think some of us are wearing ourselves out, swinging an axe that's dull, trying to figure out life and figure out what decision to make, and figure out, and well, I just need to think about it some more, and I just need to do this a little bit more, and I just need to do that, and we have not invited God in. We have not sought out godly wisdom. And so it's like we're swinging a dull axe. And what happens when you sharpen the blade of an axe? It cuts way better. So whenever you've gotten wisdom, and you're leaning into God, and you're sharpening your axe, and you're swinging in life, now you've got a sharp blade. And we don't, come on, listen, some of us, we just, like, we're exhausted. We're exhausted. And we need to seek godly wisdom. We need to seek godly wisdom. I love what James chapter 3 says. I want to read a few verses, and we're going to, here in a few weeks, we're going to begin going through the book of James. It's going to be good, but this is starting in verse 13. It says, If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every kind of evil. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. A couple of things I want to point out in this is in verse 16. It says, for wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every kind of evil. Some of us, I think that some of us have a tendency to build, and maybe you, maybe you can think back on this in your own life, and you have built your life on jealousy and selfish ambition. And the Bible tells us that where you find those things, when that is the primary thing, that you'll find disorder and you'll find evil of every kind. You know what I think happens whenever we are building our lives 
on jealousy. Like, I almost picture it like this. Like, because I'm, I'm jealous of that person, I'm going to do whatever I got to do to one-up them. And I live my life in a state of jealousy. Or selfish ambition. I'm going to do whatever it takes for me. Like, I'm trying to get where I'm going. And so it doesn't really matter who else is around me. Like, I, like th- I'm living my life for me. Like, I'm ambitious, but it's in a selfish way. And what you find sometimes in those situations is that we start cutting corners and we start doing things that we know aren't right because we're operating out of these things and not wisdom from above. But did you notice what wisdom from above looks like in your life? I wanna, we're going to put this up on the screen. I looked up a, uh, a, a literal, more literal translation to get the exact words to the best of our ability. And this is what it says uh, about wisdom from above in James chapter 3. It's pure, peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy, full of good fruits, unwavering, and without hypocrisy. Doesn't this sound like I mean, doesn't this sound like the person that you want to work for? Doesn't this sound like the person that you want to be married to? Doesn't this sound like the person that you want surrounding you? So that when you're walking through something and you need somebody to speak wisdom into your life, that this is where it's coming from? Doesn't this sound like the type of person that you want speaking into the life of your kids? So wouldn't it make sense that we should be seeking the wisdom from above that produces these things in our life? So that I can be the spouse that looks like this, and the employer that looks like this, and the employee that looks like this, and the parent that looks like this? See, wisdom from above looks completely different than earthly wisdom. And this, this is what we're seeking after is God's wisdom, godly wisdom in our lives. We need it. We said it earlier. Nobody in this room would sit here and say, you know what, I, I just don't need any of God's wisdom. We all need it. But we've got to remember that wisdom has a foundation, and it's honoring God in ev- first in every area of our lives, and that it has value in our lives. We read Matthew 7, 24 earlier as a part of the the end of the Sermon on the Mount, but I want to look at this verse again. Jesus says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise like a person who builds a house on solid rock. And the word wise can also be translated as prudent, and prudent means acting with or showing care and thought for the future. So Jesus is saying somebody somebody who hears my words and they put them into practice and they follow it, somebody who somebody who opens up their bible and they allow the bible to speak to them they allow god to speak to them through his word and then they follow it that is a person who is wise or prudent that is somebody who is considering the future that's somebody who is building their life not thinking about just what can i get today but how is what i'm doing today going to affect my future I heard a pastor say it this way one time. He says, the decisions that you make today will be in your past tomorrow, but your past has a way of showing up in your future. And so a prudent or a wise person is somebody who, I've got God's word right here. And not only am I going to read it, and not only am I going to try to understand it, 
but I'm going to follow it. Because Jesus said that's the person who's wise, who's thinking about the future, who, is, who understands that the decisions I make today and the way that I live my life today will affect me. And it will affect other people in the future. We're talking about wisdom. Using godly wisdom, seeking godly wisdom. Proverbs 9, we read verse 10 a moment ago. I want to look at verses 11 and 12. I love this. It says, wisdom will multiply your days and add years to your life. And look at this, verse 12. If you become wise, you will be the one to benefit. If you scorn wisdom, you will be the one to suffer. Now, I don't know about you, but I can think back on times in my life where when I look at it now and I'm like, hmm. Yep, that was a time when I was scorning wisdom. And guess what I recognize when I look at those seasons in my life? I was the one who suffered. But on the flip side of that, isn't it encouraging to know that when we're seeking wisdom, and when we're operating in wisdom, not our own wisdom, but wisdom that comes from God, that we will be the one to benefit and not only will we be the one to benefit, but I believe, come on, and you know this to be true. It will benefit other people around you. It will benefit your spouse. Come on, your spouse will be so thankful that you start, like, you know what? I'm just so thankful that my, my spouse started seeking godly wisdom. Started operating and honoring God in every area of our life, in, in our finances and all this, because it is a benefit to you. I think that wisdom, it helps us make the right decisions. It helps protect us. It equips us to handle difficult situations. It helps us walk in righteousness. And here's point number three. Wisdom can be acquired. Wisdom can be acquired. If you're like me, you've had times in your life where you thought, man, I'll just never be, I'll never be as wise as that person. I'll never understand as much as that person. I'll never know, like, they made that decision and it seems like that was exactly what God wanted them to do and then I'm trying and I just cannot seem to figure things out and I'll just never be as wise as that person. Well, I am encouraged to know that wisdom can actually be acquired. And we're going to look at a few verses under this topic. Before we do that, I want to make mention, I don't know if there's somebody who's going to go get the kids because in a moment we are going to uh, have baptism. So you can go ahead and let them know that they can start heading this way. James chapter 1 and verse 5 says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Now, a couple of things I want to say on this. Because if you go on to read, you'll see like, but don't ask and doubt. You know, don't, don't ask, you know, like, well, God, I need your wisdom, but I don't really know if you're going to give it. And, you know, like, don't be a double-minded person. Because the Bible says that a, that a person that operates like that shouldn't really expect to get anything from God. And so we've got to make sure that we believe and that we know that God is the source of all wisdom and that we're going to him for wisdom so that we can make these decisions or we can live our life and we can operate in our marriage and all these things. But he says, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Anybody ever had your kids come ask you for something and you rebuke them from asking? Anybody ever had this conversation before? Your kids come to you and they ask you something and you're like, really? We just had this conversation three days ago and you don't remember what I told you three days ago and now you're back here asking the same question again 
and trying to get my input again? Like, did you listen the first time that I gave you my wisdom? And boy, it is encouraging for me to know that my Heavenly Father does not operate in that way. That the Word of God says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and He will give it to you. And He will not rebuke you for asking. Listen, I just want to remind you, God is not mad at you. He's not looking at you like, well, if they would just figure it out and this and that. No, what he's doing is he's giving you an invitation. He says, listen, I know the end from the beginning. And if you will follow me and you will seek me and you will seek my wisdom and you will ask me for my wisdom, I will give you my wisdom and I will light your path and I will do what you need me to do. It's not always going to be easy. The Bible tells us that we're going to face trials and we're going to face struggles and things are going to happen to you. Listen, I came to encourage somebody today. Things are going to happen in your life. Just because you're a Christian does not mean that you're going to be exempt from any bad things happening to you. But when you build your life on a firm foundation, that will keep you settled. It will be something that you can go back to and say, no, my life is not built on that and that circumstance or that situation changing. If that situation never changes... My life is still built on a firm foundation and I will not turn my back on God and I'm not going to give in to that and I'm going to stand my ground because I'm built on a firm foundation. But when I'm built on sand, just a little bit of water, just and all of a sudden the foundation starts to change. Everything starts to move around. Come on, you ever built a house on some piece of property and then later on you found out like, hmm, they didn't tell me it was that kind of land. <laughs> they didn't tell me it was that kind of sand. They didn't tell me that that was the foundation, right? The foundation matters. Look at, look at these verses. Psalm chapter 5 and verse 8. It says, Lead me in the, in the right path, O Lord, or my enemies will conquer me. Make your way plain for me to follow. What was David doing? He's asking for wisdom. Like, hey, make, the, make it plain so that I know exactly where to go and how to, how to handle this situation and, and, and where to go and where not to go. Like, give me wisdom. In this area of my life. I'll go ahead and bring the worship team back up here. First Kings chapter 3. Many of us, we've, we've heard this story. Uh, maybe you didn't know where it was found. But uh, I just want to read a couple of verses for the sake of time. This is Solomon. And right before this, God has said, Solomon has just made this extravagant sacrifice. He's gone way above and beyond anything that God had ever asked him to do. And God says, hey, ask me for anything right now. And this is Solomon's response. He says, give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern these, this great people of yours? And look at verse 10. The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. He could have asked for anything, but he asked for wisdom. And I believe, come on, I believe that, that when you and I, we ask the Lord for wisdom, when you wake up on Monday morning, you're like, you know what, I need, I need wisdom today. Fill me with your wisdom today. I want to make the decisions that you are leading me in. I want to have your wisdom in the moment when something comes up. I want to just know right then this is what God wants me to do because I've already asked for your wisdom and you've given me your wisdom and I'm going to walk this day out in your wisdom. And in that moment, I think that verse 10 would apply that the Lord looks and he says, I am pleased that you would ask for my wisdom. I'm pleased... I, I'm glad that you asked for my wisdom because I want to give it to you. I want to help you today. I want to lead you today. 
And ultimately, one primary way that God has made his wisdom available to us is through this book right here. And I have, I know that just, just a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the word of God and the importance of the word of God. But listen, I'm telling you, I'm going to preach this until I have no voice left. <laughs> wisdom is in this book. And God is desiring to give you wisdom, and some of us just need to allow him to give us wisdom. Some of us just need those moments, listen, some of us just need those moments where we, we get up on Monday morning. Some of you just need to do this, what Jesus did. You know, he said, you've heard it said, but I say. And here's, here's what we need to do. Tomorrow morning, we wake up, and we grab our Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we want to get you a Bible because you need a Bible. But you wake up tomorrow morning, you grab your Bible, and maybe you just need to do this. You just go, I have heard it said, but this is what God says. And then you need to get up on Tuesday morning, and before you go to work, you need to grab your Bible and you say, I have heard it said, I have thought about it in this way. This is what I think I need to do, but, but this is what God says. And there is wisdom in the pages of the Word of God. And some of us just need to open it up and just ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, just Holy Spirit, speak to me through this right here. Give me wisdom through this right here. Show me, I mean, you'll read something in here, you'll read this, you'll read a story about some character in the Bible, some, some person in the Bible, and you'll think, oh, I had no idea that there was somebody in God's word that dealt with the same thing that I'm dealing with right now. Oh my gosh, there are other people in the Bible that had to make decisions about things, and what did they do? Oh my goodness, it says that they got down on their knees, and they prayed, and they cried out to God, and they got alone with God, and they were seeking wisdom from God. Listen, I, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to begin to read God's word, and let it change you. Let it speak to you. Let it give you wisdom let it give you wisdom i know i said it earlier but come on if you just need to start somewhere start by reading a proverb every day what is, what is today and i'm gonna read that proverb and i'm gonna get wisdom in me i'm gonna seek out god's wisdom and here's the last verse that i want to look at and then we'll have a moment of baptism and then we'll sing a song here's what the bible tells us about the importance of getting wisdom proverbs chapter 4 verse 7 look at this verse getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do as if it wasn't abundantly clear. <laughs> what is the wisest thing I can do? Oh, getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. What is the wise thing to do? Get God's wisdom. Ask him for it. Get in his word. Live your life honoring God, seeking his wisdom. So I want to recap these and then we're going to baptize those that are ready today. So what are we going to do? Let's live our lives with deep respect for God because it's the foundation of wisdom. Let's sharpen our acts with godly wisdom from the word of God every day. And let's ask our generous God for wisdom in all of our decision making, believing that he will give it to us. We don't want to build our lives on worldly wisdom. And listen, we don't want to build our lives on common sense. We want to build our lives on God's wisdom.
on godly wisdom, on the word of God. Amen. I want to invite those that I think I have a, a few people that are going to help me, but um, if you're ready to get baptized, if you're prepared to get baptized, will you just come down here and and uh, we're going to take a moment to do this and then we're going to pray and and we're going to sing and worship together. I do want to tell you, um, you guys can come on down if you're 